All right, guys, you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Happiest. Happiest is your number one place to go for premium CBD products at a fraction of the cost. This is perfect for any first-time user and for the veteran user. There's no THC. It's locally sourced and third-party tested, so you don't have to worry about paying for any fancy celebrities or a drug test. These guys have something for everybody, and I personally enjoy their products. In fact, my favorite one's the Sleep Aid, so go check them out, happiestmed.com. H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com right in time for the holiday seasons. Again, go check them out, happiestmed.com and have fun. Okay, guys, you know what time it is. I'm going to introduce my next guest, but before I do, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please consider leaving a review, especially a written one, because it helps me out a ton. Um, Also, join my group on Facebook, the Thinking Project group. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Dalton K. Jensen. Also, check out the other podcasts in this pod community. You know, I had a great conversation the other night with Angel, who's one of the hosts of The Other Side of the Beehive and Dre Rocca. Uh, and d- there's so many podcasts in this community that are doing amazing things. Uh, you have the Lake Talk 801 podcast, 27th Hour podcast, the Young OG podcast. I mentioned uh, before uh, Angel and Justin's podcast, The Other Side of the Beehive. You also have IGY 622 podcast. That's a great one uh, for service men and women and first responders. Um, There's just a lot going on and there's a lot going on in the community that is really, really amazing. And now for my guest, Eric Espinoza. He is the founder of Venture Validator. So a lot of problems that startups have uh, is their idea, their business model isn't proofed up yet. Uh, they, they haven't done a lot of market research um, and Venture Validator helps out with that. And Eric Espinosa is also, um, I believe he's also a, a professor. I think he's BYU professor. Um, we had an amazing conversation about Uh, everything from business to uh, your mindset. It was a fantastic podcast, so check it out. And I thank you guys for everything that you do. I'm going to be releasing more content on YouTube and Facebook, so please stay tuned for that. If you haven't signed up for my YouTube channel, please do. That's going to be the Thinking Project podcast. So uh, without further ado, Eric Espinosa, and thank you guys for joining me. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen. And you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Mike and Kat. see. Is the audio good for you now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you? Yep. Right on, dude. Well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that Brian put us in touch, man. I read your bio, a little bit of your bio, and you got a lot of things going, man. You've had a wild ride. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, Brian's been, uh, he's been a good, good friend to have. I, in fact, I think that we're both on the call with um, AIN tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I joined that one. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, and and I've talked to Brian about a few things and uh, he's, he's, he's a really good dude. And he actually hooked me up with a, you know, he's actually hooked me up with a few of my guests, um, just from all that, you know, the the network that he has. He's a networker. uh, He's a crazy networker. Yeah, dude. And, uh, and so that's one thing good about him is I was like, um, yeah, he, uh, he looks, he looks good. He, he has a lot to offer, but, but tell me about you, man. Um, you started the company. What company was it? I want to say venture. Uh, Yeah. So right now I'm doing venture validator, but I've had a many companies, uh, fail and somewhat succeed. So the current one right now is Venture Validator. Okay. Uh, previous to that, the predecessor was uh, Wow Factor Consulting, which is like okay. a non-scalable version of that. But before that, in college, I was doing. Oh, I, I probably had honestly probably twelve to fifteen different things that went that from. You did. Yeah, went from a couple of weeks to uh, over a year. So, yeah, That's overall crazy. biggest things just lots of failures that led to processes that led to success. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something right there. Um, You mentioned the non-scalable version of Venture Validator. So that was your business consulting was the non-scalable part, right? Mm -hmm, So so what what makes something scalable and not scalable? Uh, Really... I call it the bus principle. If you as the founder can get hit by the bus, then your business can still continue because all the processes are there for someone else in your company to be able to learn and do that. You're scalable because now you can hire uh, at a pace that can meet the needs of your growth. 
as opposed to a non-scalable, you're a dentist, you're a lawyer, you're a consultant, where all the knowledge is in your own head and you can't explain that to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, I mean, you mentioned dentists and lawyers and, you know, some of them don't, right? Some of them aren't scalable, but some of them have found a way to scale, right? Like with practices yeah, and yeah. things like that. And, and with scalable, it's, it's always semi-scalable. I mean, obviously software is the creme de la creme of scalable. Yeah. Once you build it once, you can, you know, <laughs> copy it a, a thousand times and it works. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I think the key to get anything that is more services based or, or, or consulting based to scale is to be humble and realize that there's no value in you being the expert and hoarding all the knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I see a lot of people who they can't get over themselves and they think, oh, no one else can do such a good job as I can. And so <laughs> I, I can't even teach that. And I think that's kind of where I come in a little bit um, blessed in the fact that I am so young that I have went from zero to where I'm at so quickly that I'm able to remember the steps of, oh, that's right. I didn't know this part. And this is how that had to come in. And so I, I think really any type of decision um, that, that an expert comes to, there's an internal decision tree that they're going and they're looking at all the variables and they're doing some type of logic branch to come up with a conclusion. And yeah. if you can write that down and you can um, put that in a chart, put those in documents, you can now give employees who are first day on their job can now look at that same decision tree. It might take them longer, but they come up with the same decision. And oh, that's yeah. what can make these services scalable. Okay. I like that, you know, cause there's a lot of confusion out there in the world of like small business owners, young entrepreneurs, solopreneurs is like, what makes something, you know, because I, I meet with a lot of business owners and that's one of their things, right? I'm, I'm like, Hey, we got to find a way to, to make this last forever. Right. If you, if that's what you want mm -hmm. um, and scale it and that, and there's a lot of, there's a lot more value when your company's scalable versus when it's not right. Like a, like a, an accounting uh, firm uh, that's not scalable is only worth as much as their current clientele. And really they'll go anywhere. Anybody can do your taxes. Certainly. You know what I'm saying? Certainly. <laughs> so, and, and so I think that the key sense. is to, the key is to not say I won't do something unless it's scalable. I mean, to get something scalable, you have to do non-scalable things. You have sure. to, um, you know, do those things yourself, become an expert, which a lot of times is by really hustling and grinding and things that, you know, you can't eventually, um, produce on a mass scale, such as the one-on-one -on -one consulting. But as you do that, always do it with the mindset of systematizing it, finding out the principles yeah. to create a process, and then you can teach that to someone else. And even if you don't have high exit multiples, you can now go on vacation. You can now yeah, right. leave the office and have the office still be running without you. And I think that's kind of what the goal of entrepreneurship is, is be able to have the lifestyle that you want. Yeah, I agree with that. So and and that's what everybody wants right and i and i think it's always interesting when i talk to someone like you or or another like serial entrepreneur where it's like um the, that's the goal is you want to end up being able to have this run by itself and have the money kind of just be on autopilot, right? You'd have to do very little with it. Like, that's what I feel like passive income is, is not necessarily like making money without doing anything, but like you put all the systems and processes in place. So now that you're making money on autopilot, you still got to make sure everything's, you know, you got to tweak it every once in a while. You got to make sure that it's there. You got to be there every once in a while, but, but at least, but at least, you know, that with this stuff, you're just on autopilot, you can focus on something something else. You can go on vacation, you can get bigger stuff. Yeah. And, and I think with that, um, I, I really like, uh, Corbin church. He's a, an avid uh, angel investor in, in the Utah area. And he has a really cool definition for what it means to be rich uh, for you. What does it mean to be rich? So, well, I, I kind of go off of like the Robert Kiyosaki thing is like, uh, how much, how long can I live without working essentially. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that the answer is different for everyone. So it depends yeah. on your lifestyle and, right, and right. you know, some people's expenses, they can get around with, you know, 30,000 a year and that's fine. Sure. But that passive income is trying to give you this eternal runway yeah, where yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have to work 
yeah. to just eat. Right, exactly. And and that's that's so that's one of the reasons that I started this whole podcast, started this whole network was to show people like um cuz there's some people out there who can live on 30k a year and they're and they're and they love it, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and I know plenty of entrepreneurs who whose businesses aren't, you know, they don't make millions a year, they don't make hundreds of thousands a year, but they're like doing what they love and they live the lifestyle they want to live. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people kind of get caught up in this like if if my idea isn't worth a million then I shouldn't do it. And it just, and like you said, it just depends on your lifestyle. How do you feel about that? Yeah. And I think too, you can't go from A to Z. There's a journey that you have to go through. And so many people try to look at a business idea and say, is this going to make me a billionaire? If the answer is no, then I don't even try. But a lot of times you have to do the businesses that might only make you $10,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. And then you can start leveling up to now have the experience that when you see a billion dollar idea, you can even recognize that. That's true. That's a good point. They're afraid of failing and they only want to try if they can see all the the steps line up to the exit. And the problem with that is that in entrepreneurship, so I, I focus a lot on validation. That's kind of where my um, my expertise is. It's what I teach uh, in my university class. It's about de-risking your startup. You know, so many people, they think, okay, I want to get to the point where my business is quote unquote validated. And now if I launch this, it will succeed. The thing is you can't de-risk a business model hundred percent. It's right. not, it's not possible. Yeah. The, the idea isn't to completely take away all risk. It's to bring down risk to the point where you're comfortable with taking that risk and making that leap. And then yeah. the rest you kind of learn on the fly. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, because you're right because you can't like, there's always going to be risk in a business. So you just try to minimize that. You try to mitigate it as much as you can and then you rock and roll. But I like what mm-hmm. you said. I like what you said about people. You, you know, you have to start the the small businesses because you wouldn't even like, would you even recognize a billion dollar business if, if you had it like a, a billion dollar right. idea, if you had it in front of you, that's a good point, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could right now. Like I'm, you know, I'm, well, I'm working and, in my, in my and small the stuff, is, right? You know, uh, and the reality is, you know, are, are, are we all going to be billionaires? The answer is no. Like, sure, sure. What is the definition of being rich? Like that's, that's what you're trying to get your yeah. uh, eternal personal runway. So whatever that lifestyle is, like you said, it could be 30,000 a year. It might be 500,000 a year, but looking at that, you look, okay, you have an opportunity cost and you're trying to make the next step that meets, uh, you know, something better than the opportunity cost that you're, of, of what you're giving up. And yeah. so that changes over time. I, I like what you said there. So, but you know, you mentioned part of your journey, you mentioned like in college and I read your bio, you know, teaching at a university, um, before your bachelor's degree, stuff like that. So tell me like, uh, or before your degree, but so tell me like your journey, like, tell me, uh, what, you know, you, cause a lot of people get into college, they have these ideas and they drop out and which is fine. I mean, I, like, there's plenty of people who did it and succeed. There's plenty. Of people I almost who did, did it. Glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and so if you've listened to some of my stuff, like I'm not a college bachelor. Like I have a bachelor's degree in accounting because I I like that. For me, it was it was fun and and I and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I also was able to work my way through college and and have not a whole lot of debt comparatively. Um, so what made you like stay in college with the businesses and and keep going? Yeah. So I think first of all. <laughs> I very much was comfortable with failure because I live by this mantra. Failure is inevitable, but if you relentlessly apply correct principles, success is also inevitable. So our job is to obtain those correct principles, obtain that learning and apply it. And I kind of saw college as a springboard where I could learn a lot of those things. But I think I realized that you can't learn everything in the classroom. You have to go try things. You have to go get experience. So I took college slower than most people. I actually took six years to get my, my bachelor's degree. And the reason why is because I was only taking nine to 12 credits a semester because I was working full time on different business ideas, applying what I was learning in my classes, and then seeking out other opportunities from other professionals. I was taking, um, you know, $2,000 master courses from other people. All of this kind of sculpted my journey through college. So it really wasn't a, a reason to leave. 
Yeah. I, you know what? I, when I tell people, like, I, I always tell people, like, look at your options when you're going to school. <clears throat> Cause if, if there's a, if there's a way for you to avoid a four-year university and not, and not incur the debt. So like a lot of like programming, web development, like you can get a trade, you can go to a trade school, like plumbing, electrician, stuff like that, all very noble paths to, to go. Uh, but then when I tell people like, well, if you want to do uh, this college route, then you should do it like that. Cause I did the same thing. I went, uh, I went online, uh, very slow and I applied all the principles that I was learning as I was going through these business. And then college is a great way to network. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a great place to network, you know? Yeah. Alumni. I, I, I think, I, I think when I was younger, you know, I, I kind of go with this mantra where like, if you don't look at your past self a year ago and yeah. think, wow, that guy was an idiot. You haven't learned enough this year. <laughs> I agree. And I feel like for the last nine years, I can look back and even myself, you know, this last year, I look I'm like, wow, like I was so ignorant to the things that I needed to know, which I think is good because it, it means you're progressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with that, when I first got into school, I, I think I was definitely arrogant and kind of thought, you know, <laughs> my degree is not important. It's not what's going to get me a job, yada, yada, yada. But sure, the reality sure. is it's a great, it's a great backstop. It's a great, um, you know, safety net in case your business does fail. And the reality is your business is going to fail. Yeah, so really yeah, yeah. when you're in school, you're just trying to get as much education as you can by actually applying what you're learning. And yeah. hopefully one of those things goes and you can actually now make that your full-time gig. So what I tell people is, Okay, if you're considering dropping out of school, don't drop yet. Go pursue your business, drop your credits down to a half credit and keep your foot in the door. You already have that ticket into that university. If you only have a half credit online class, I mean, there's some credits that half credit, it's only a two, uh, two day class. Yeah, you have your foot in the yeah. door, now go work full-time on your thing. And then you can even defer a semester if you need to. That gives you a year of time to figure out if this thing's actually gonna work. It's de-risking yeah. your business. Yeah. If it does, awesome. Quit. Yeah. But if it doesn't, you're back in school and you're still learning. Yeah, yeah, and you can go to school and you can and you can do your thing. I really like that. So tell me about some of the tell me about some of the businesses that you tried in, in college, man. Like what was your what was your oh, best man. one? What was your worst one? Yeah. I'll tell I'll, mean, I'll tell you mine cuz I go, had a couple go for bad it. ones. I'd love to hear this. <laughs> so I had one that was really bad. So I I wanted uh the reason I went to accounting <clears throat> was because I was like I'm going to create a little bookkeeping business. I'm going to go around to these, these, uh, these bit small businesses. I'm going to say, I'm going to run your books. And, and for a while, like that was really cool. Uh, but I quickly realized that I did not want to run books for people because it was so like, it's boring. Um, I found that a lot of businesses didn't really like they, if they wanted bookkeeping, they only wanted bookkeeping. Like they, like an accountant is a consultant. Like you're not mm -hmm. like QuickBooks will run your books for 80 bucks a month, bro. Like, mm -hmm. and they'll do it for, they'll do it for nothing. Um, but QuickBooks won't tell you what the numbers means. And so I, that was one of the ones that I just like, I was like, dude, mm -hmm. this is dumb. I had to get out of that one. I tried to do a social media marketing one. That was that, that flopped. Yeah, how'd that go? That, that was not good. And what, I, I just, what, what was, what do you think killed it? I, I, I wasn't a social media marketer. Like I wasn't that, mm, yeah, I wasn't that guy. Passion, then you can't, yeah, right? I was like, they're like, well, what do you think about TikTok? And what do you think about, um, all these other ones, you know, whatever. I was uh -huh. like, ah, you know what? Never mind. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's totally true. And I, I think that, you know, passion is something that it's hard to know. I mean, and so many students, you know, that they come and yeah. they say like, I want to start a business, but I don't know what I'm passionate about. It's like you really can't know what you're passionate about until right. you go try a bunch of things and find out you're not passionate about that. Yeah. So for you, you, you figure that out, but you probably thought, you know, yeah, this is something I could do if, you know, as a full-time you know, job, but yeah, that was but, not. but the cool thing was, is like the bookkeeping experience, the little bit of social media management that we did have, like did come into play into this, this other gig that I'm currently doing. So, so mm -hmm. back to your point, like it was really good to go through the failure of the business and then to learn about it. Like we started a, um, one of the cool ones that we did was like an e-commerce CBD business. And that one's like mm -hmm. trickling, you know, like st still something I, li I just have in the background, but dude, I loved all those failing businesses because they just taught me what business was like, dude, I didn't know, right. you know, operating agreements, LLCs, mm -hmm. like I knew what they were, but you don't really know what 
they are until you like got to get down and dirty. Right. Until it, until it's <laughs> the, the consequences of screwing up are big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell me, tell me what, tell me what you, yeah. what you got, I mean, man. I, like huge, <laughs> a huge swing of variety. I mean, like I'm talking from the first one that I really got into was this stupid idea for this double dating app where you would be able to, uh, if you're single, you'd be able to meet the friends of your friends uh, via a double date. And so it was this kind of uh, matching thing where it wasn't awkward for either party because they both knew who, who was in yeah. a relationship. It, it ended up not working though because it, it, people felt like they're being chaperoned by their friends because even if they yeah. were, you know, in, in, a, in a relationship that maybe was a month old, they kind of felt like, oh yeah, like they're in a mature relationship. These two are just meeting. It was kind of, it didn't work. But from um. that, I learned a lot. Uh, the biggest thing, is that I ended up building this app. They, they said it was going to cost me like, I think $25,000, $30,000 to get this prototype app out. And I was about to go borrow money and go do that. And I kind of came across the Lean Startup World, which is a really cool methodology for de-risking businesses. And I had a really good mentor, uh, John Richards. He, he runs Startup Ignition, uh, which is a, an entrepreneurial boot camp in Utah. Highly, highly recommend it. It is, so out of all the things I've ever done, that is the number one most influential thing I've ever done is take Startup Ignition. Uh -huh. wow. So I was meeting with John and he told me, he said, you're, you haven't validated your business model. You're, you're about to go spend $30,000 on this app, but you have no proof that it's actually going to work. And I kept thinking, oh, but yeah. I have to go build it so I can get proof. I have to get investment so that I can go build something because I know it's going to work. And mm. it was kind of this chicken and the egg thing where I felt yeah. like I couldn't progress unless I had some type of thing, but I couldn't have the thing unless I had the progression. Yeah, so yeah. I, I kind of stepped back and I thought, okay, is there a way that I could build this app without actually building the app? And I ended up stringing together this ingenious solution where I was using Facebook groups as the front oh. end of this app. People would click on a Google form and if they were a guy, it would then go to the section with all the available girls and they would click yes, no, or maybe on the survey answers. And then okay. they would keep scrolling through and each section was a different week of new people that were updated. And on the back end, I had a Google sheet and I paid a coder like 150 bucks to go do all the math so that if uh, you liked you know, Jane. And if Jane also liked you, it would look and see which of your Facebook friends were also in that Facebook group. And then it would set you up in a, a Facebook messenger group chat so that everyone oh, could, wow. could go and actually meet. So yeah. I was actually able to test out the logistics of the app, which is why I found out it failed without actually building the app, um, <laughs> yeah. which is a really big learning experience for me. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. kind of what, um, what certainly propelled like the, the early start of my career being kind of a, a validation uh, expert and really got me in with John Richards, which led to later opportunities such as speaking at the Lean Startup Conference, uh, Techstars, et cetera. So yeah. that was kind of the, the, the first one. There was a, a, a number I, after that. I mean, I'll, I'll list a couple Dude, off. One was... That's awesome. um, one was this, this windshield for truckers that had this... Uh, it was a glass windshield and on top of it was this special kind of like plexiglass material and there was a gap between uh the windshield and it was this uh this guy that came to me and said hey i want to partner with you and go um deliver this this polyurethane uh windshield to truckers because if a rock hits this it'll actually hit the first plexiglass and then that air will cushion it and not hit their windshield it won't break their their windshield and i guess hmm. they replace their windshield something like six times a year i bet they so do like, oh, yeah, like, truckers, like i a, bet they do yeah sounds like a great idea. A huge market. Like you said, a lot of times yeah. replacing it. I went to a truck stop though, and I, I started interviewing truckers and I told them, Hey, you have to spray the special spray um, on your squeegee before you wipe all the bugs off, or it's going to ruin this coat. What do you think of that? And they all laughed me, laughed me out. They're like, there's no yeah. way in the world we would do that. Like, even if it was an indestructible windshield, like I'm not going to carry around this extra gallon of special spray that I have to buy from you. And oh. so it's very quickly, it's like bad idea, not going down that road. Yeah. Uh, I think the entrepreneurs still kept spending money on that, but <laughs> yeah. So I kind of bounced from that to like, I had one idea for this crazy entertainment idea. It was, uh, it's called Las Vegas slip and slide. And, uh, <laughs> It was this crazy idea where there is a, a slip and slide that was made out of shipping containers that was portable. You could bring it into a hotel parking lot set oh, up for the summer. Yeah. And then 
you you go down this huge slide and then into this raised above ground pool yeah. and it would shoot you like 25 feet in the air and the whole thing was like uh <laughs> stuntman themed kind of evil knievel and uh and i couldn't get the engineering to work on that to have an above ground pool that weighed like wow i think it was like half half a million gallons of water or something yeah yeah uh, holy cow yeah there's there's, there's that, lots so of like but you know what but you know what from from our experiences of these things that didn't like work up front like you learn a lot of things from them right you learn a lot of lessons but i i feel like the biggest lesson people need, can learn is like there's something very sacred and and uh, special about getting your butt kicked about you know what i mean about just fail like i i feel like failure is very very sacred <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's something that, that we shouldn't be scared of. You know, yeah, I, I heard yeah. this quote, it's not my quote, but uh, somebody said this the other day where it's, um, there's a difference between uh, being right and having been right. And yeah. the sooner we can separate the two, the sooner we can progress because being right means that you're flexible, you're fluid, you're able to admit that you're wrong and that you want to now accept and endorse what is right. Yeah. Trying to have been right is being very obstinate and set in your ways and saying, you know, being prideful, I, I'm not wrong. I know this is right. And so many founders yeah, have yeah. this confirmation bias where they think their baby is this amazing thing, but the reality is it's ugly. And yeah. Yeah. So I had a, fine. I know I had a mentor who said, pre, I don't know, dude, it was kind of weird. He said, he, he said pretty much the same thing. He's like, I don't have to be right. I just have to get it right. You know what I mean? And love that it. was like, and that was like his way of saying like, look, if it doesn't come from me and it comes from somebody else, like I don't have to be right. I just have to get it right. And, yeah, exactly. uh, and I was like, mm, that's interesting. Makes it, it changes your, well, your way of networking. And with that, you know, what really propelled and why I was able to test, I think, I think it was like 15 ideas in college until I found something that worked. Why I was able to progress so quickly is because the first, actually that dating app that I was doing, I spent nine months on that and I was convinced that I was right. And I was trying to prove to everybody that I was right. And there came to a point where I looked at it and I said, let me try to prove that I'm wrong. Let me look at each one of these aspects of the business model and try to have proof that I'm not validated. And when I looked at that, oh my gosh, like it was like <laughs> looking at things with new eyes. I was able to remember conversations that people told me where they were hinting at things that I totally just blew off. You know, yeah. people who maybe they didn't say something and I, looking back at the conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that guy was totally warning me I was going to fail, but I didn't even see that. So the mm, quicker we look at yeah, trying to, yeah. to prove ourselves wrong, we now have, you know, two sides of our, ourselves that are debating, you know, this side saying that, hey, here's the validation proof saying that you're right. This side saying that you're wrong. And now you can kind of debate and discuss with yourself. And usually, you know, the, the truth will come out, whatever that may be. Yeah. So what made you want to, um, I mean, we talked about going to school. We talked about staying in school. What made you want to uh, to start businesses and get into the entrepreneurial world anyway? I mean, Utah is already like a hotbed. I mean, if you live mm -hmm. in Utah, you're going you're gonna to get the itch it's going to happen. But I'm curious for you, um, like, how did it start? Did you, did, was that from a young age where you like, dude, this is it? Or, uh, yeah, or I, I don't have, courses? I don't have like the typical, you know, lemonade stand, uh, <laughs> Me story. I, you know, honestly, um, yeah. I, I think, it really stems, I, I served a, a two-year church service mission out in Italy, and I became very, very well acquainted with failure there, very much, every single day, failure. Yeah. And I, I had to come up with new ideas to try to talk with people in the street about something they didn't want to talk about. And I came up with so many new ideas, and it was really fun, that creative process. And I kind of came, coming back off of that, um, I jumped into this managerial job at this new startup uh, ice cream parlor that had this new way of doing things, new business model. We ended up failing. Um, from that, I kind of jumped into BYU and started trying a bunch of things. But I realized that I have this huge passion for realizing that there are unknowns and they can be known. And yeah. the process of trying to de-risk businesses and understanding um, you know, what are the actual facts is really, really intriguing to me. And pairing that with my ability, my high ability to accept risk, 
it, it kind of goes hand in hand with startups. So it's, I'm naturally attracted to that. And then I'd say yeah. the other part is BYU does a really good job at incentivizing entrepreneurship with uh, large cash payouts in the competition. So I yeah, think the trifecta of those That's three nuts, things, man. I, I really got it hooked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up though? You know, it, funny thing is like, I... I never really knew in high school what I wanted to be. I thought always probably something in business. Okay. Um, but I do actually have this weird memory when I was in fourth <laughs> grade, that, not even kidding. Yeah. We were doing some like reading time uh, story with, with our, our class. And there's a story about an entrepreneur and it was a new word. And the teacher asked anybody, you know, does anybody know what the word entrepreneur means? And nobody knew what it meant. And she said, you know, it's somebody who you know starts new businesses. And I remember that. And I, I remember yeah. I, I felt a stir, like I want to be that. And I think I kind of forgot that over the years, but I definitely yeah. remember that I was back in BYU. It was my, I, I transferred with my associate's degree. It was my first day um, in, in BYU in the business school. And I was debating, should I do marketing or should I do entrepreneurship or should I do strategy? And it was actually Corbin church. He was giving a lecture about entrepreneurship yeah. and uh, yeah. he gave the definition definition of serial entrepreneurship, somebody who starts multiple businesses and has multiple exits. And I had that yeah. same exact distinct feeling like I want to do that. I want to be. Yeah. That's and, it's a, uh, it's a cool thing, bro. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun. It, it is not yeah. for everyone. It is very taxing, but it's, it's also very fun. Right. Well, and you know what? I've noticed that a lot of those uh, degrees in BYU, now you got to walk me through these. Cause I'm always like in my head, if you're going to go to college, um, you know, it, you should go for like one of those tangible degrees. Like, so marketing is something very tangible. They want to see like, you have a degree, you have a portfolio, you know, accounting, law, um, these kinds of things. So when I hear stuff like I want to get a bachelor's in um, like business strategy, to me, that's just kind of, I'm like, I kind of, I kind of go skills. like, huh? you know, no, no, you know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like it's a bad program. I don't feel like you wouldn't learn anything, but I feel like I can hear someone in the back of my head going like, well, if you want to learn business strategy, just go work for a, like one of a mm -hmm. successful owner. Right. So yeah. what, what do you think? Yeah, so I, what do you think? So I think what you're getting at is that, you know, some things are soft skills, some things are hard skills, you know, accounting, yeah, yeah, finance, yeah, yeah. Um, coding, these are all tangible things. Whereas, you know, marketing is a lot more, <laughs> and I don't want to say BSing, but a lot of it is, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you throw uh, stuff it's, it's at the wall. It's kind of something together. Yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. It's the same with strategy, same with entrepreneurship. Okay. So okay. Uh, I, there's not a right answer for everyone. Yeah, and I'm not knocking it. Like if somebody wants to go do that, like I think they should, because I think there's a lot of value in that. But it's all, but if, but if like my kid were coming, I want a bachelor's degree in business strategy. I'd be like, mm, well, maybe we should, you know, I actually know three well, or four so, people uh, that you can go see. <laughs> Well, so I, I think that's the thing. I, th I think you just have to go in realizing what is the the outcome going to be or, or what are your opportunities sure, that's if fair. you're going out to use that degree. So with entrepreneurship, I think at BYU there's, and you know, BYU is ranked very high. I think Princeton yeah, is no, three they're for entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, they're amazing. But they even so, they, they have a cohort, they have a cohort of 40 people that come in each semester. Um and I can't remember the actual statistics, but it's very low. The amount of people who actually um, come out with a business that they're doing that full time. So oh, then you have to look at it and say, yeah. okay, well, what is, the, what is the going rate for somebody who has an entrepreneurship degree? <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. not super high compared to something that has a hard skill. So I think sure, that the solution sure. is getting a hard skill as your main degree and having a soft skill as, you know, something that you're minoring in. So yeah, you okay. can get, you know, yeah. a strategy minor or an entrepreneurship minor or a marketing minor and get That'd something cool. maybe yeah. like uh, coding or something as a hard skill. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's good with me. Cause I, you know, but, cause like I said, like I said, and you're right and you're right. It's just, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want this to go and, out? And everybody's past different. So like for, for me, like if I could be, if I could pick for skills to be endowed with, it would be the applied mathematics program. I mean, those oh, yeah, people man. are the ones that know how to code, you know, all the algorithms behind facial recognition, like they're the ones that, that, you know, graduate with, I think, 150K starting salary within three years at they're at 300K. But yeah. I don't have those skills. I, yeah, I can't, dude, that's tough. I have some dyslexia. I, I can't do, you know, numbers and coding very well. But what do I have? And so looking at that and really entrepreneurship is the best thing right. that drives me. Right. Well, and that was another reason that I love having, that I love having business owners on, serial 
entrepreneurs on and why I started the show is like, like there's so many people out there who don't know what paths are available. You know, like I talked to some people in the younger generation, but I feel like I'm a little bit like, you know, like J Cole, like we're in the middle of two generations. Like I'm little bro and big bro all at once. Right. Cause I feel like I'm learning, but I do feel like I have some, some people that follow. Right. Um, and I've, and I always, and I'm always telling them like, um, there's going to be jobs that aren't, don't even exist yet that you're going to be able to apply for. And so you mm-hmm. just gotta, you just gotta get some foundations. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think it goes back to kind of what you're saying is, you know, your previous yeah. experience in the social media and accounting has given you what you need for now. So I think the biggest thing is right. if you don't know what you want to do, do everything for right. a short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. And if, you can, if you can, like, even if you just job shadowed people, like how many people say that they want to be yeah. a dentist, but they never even job shadowed a dentist for a day. Right. That, why would you go spend? You, why would you go spend a hundred thousand dollars on a four-year university yeah. if you haven't even job shouted somebody's actual <laughs> profession for it? It's crazy that, to me. Somebody was like, you know, you guys your accounting degree. Are you going to go be a CPA? And you know what? I thought about it, and then I was like, let me go. Let me go to one of these CPA guys because I have an I had an idea. And by the way, the business that I have now fits perfectly with the idea that I had when I was in college. But um, I had this idea. I was like, okay, fine. I'll go be a CPA, get some credentials, uh, and and do that. And then I went and went and shadowed a, a CPA and I quickly realized that that was not what I wanted to do at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I would rather have a connection. Like I would rather know the basics and then feed somebody to, to a CPA. Like, Hey, I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be yeah. a CPA. Though, yeah. that sucks, it, <laughs> for, yeah, me, it, it, for it, me. And the more people can do that, the younger they are, yeah. the quicker they can specialize in where their passions and their skills align. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, like I said, but you know, I, I'm in a, I'm in a, I know a lot of people who are in a position where they're, they're creating these new businesses that didn't like exist even pre COVID, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. COVID has created a lot of businesses that like, it, like I, I'm a virtual business manager. Well, that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I do. Um, and if I would have mm-hmm. tried to pitch that pre COVID, they would have thought you're, you're dumb. Like, I don't need that. Yep. <laughs> Why would I want somebody remote well, working well, from home doing everything I could do? <laughs> anytime that there's a, an economic shakeup, yeah. there's a huge entrepreneurship opportunity. I mean, look yeah. at 2008. So many of the companies that are billion dollar exits today are companies that were founded and weathered the storm back then because yeah. of this big shakeup opportunity. So we're just in another one You're of those. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, if people are alert to that and look for the positives as opposed to being depressed about all the negatives, yeah. um, they can be yeah. the successes of five years from now. I like that, dude. So, I, you know, I always think passion, like when somebody asks, like, what's your passion? I always feel like that's a setup question, but so I found, I, I ask it a little bit differently, but like, what, what like gets you going? Like what, what lights a fire in you, man? You know, this is actually a funny question. So, uh, and, and kind of relating this back to, to my journey, yeah, um, yeah. I had a, a professor and I won't, I won't name any names <laughs> who was yeah. a very successful business person. Uh, I mean, actually, yeah, yeah. extremely successful. And in his class, um, you had to take a business through it and you had to stay at the same business the whole entire semester. And halfway through the semester, I realized that this business wasn't a good idea and I wanted to switch ideas because I didn't want to waste time on a dumb idea. Yeah. And I talked with him and I said, hey, can I switch business ideas? He said, no, if you do that, you're going to get a failing grade in this class uh, or at least a bad grade. And so I was kind of left at the decision, do I continue with this dumb idea and get a good grade? Do I... <sighs> get a bad grade or do I just withdraw from the class? And I ended up withdrawing from the class. We had a talk though. And he said, yeah, you know, if you were to go for another idea, what would you do? And at this time I was like, I, I really don't know. Like I, I, I'm just really excited about business. He's like, well, what are you passionate about specifically? And I said, I really like testing business ideas. He's like, well, that's, that's not enough. Like you need to have a passion. You need to have a focus, a specific area. Right. And he's like, right. you can't, you can't just be all over the place. Like my suggestion is that you go get a corporate job and go work for 10 years. And then after that, maybe you'll know what you're passionate about. And you know, yeah. by then, then you'll find something. Jeez. What the, the, the funny part, <laughs> it, it was, it was probably good advice, but it kind of made me a little bit like unsettled. Like, you know, why, why can I not have a passion? Like it really is genuinely fun. The cool part is I ended up seeing him four months later, uh, 
after getting off the stage of winning this business model competition, $20,000 with a new idea that actually came 40 days prior from that. And he sees me and he's like, wow, like, I guess like it it does work for you. Like you you did have another idea. Like that's like really, really cool. I can't believe how quickly you're able to move on this. Yeah. Hey, well, at least one year. Yeah. He he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was was one year later. No, actually, maybe a year and a half later, I was in his class again. He forgot who I was. Um, this is when I was starting up Venture Validator. I went and spoke at some conferences and I was in his class again. And he asked um, uh, a question first day of class about, you know, what are the steps to validating a business? And I kind of gave this, you know, well thought out answer. And he's like, man, like you should be teaching this class. And then it was oh, one no semester kidding. later that I was actually, I was actually teaching his class, uh, but a, a different version of it. Hey. So, it was kind of a cool story where it all, it all fell together. Um, I, I think you do have to be passionate about something. Yeah. I think that being young, a lot of times people get frustrated because mentors try to corner you into an area that you don't know where that should be. So I think it's totally appropriate to be open and, and realize that you don't have that passion as long as, and it's the key part, you're doing something every single day that's new. Because yeah. if you do that, you'll eventually find it. And for me, that thing was literally doing something new every day. That's cool though. Yeah. You know, I, but then again, like I, some people who are telling, who I talk to, I'm like, you know, uh, have you ever heard of you to be? Mm-hmm. Okay. Love so it. I tell people like, if they're like, I don't know what I want to go to college for. I don't know what I like. I'm like, here's what you should do. You'd need to Google the top 10, like, like top 10 most profitable business ideas or something, or like top 10, something like Mm -hmm. whatever you like, uh, find the top 10, go to Udemy. You can spend, you know, catch them on a sale. You can spend 10 to 30 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. 10 to 20 bucks on a course. You can buy, you can buy all 10. Right. And then you Mm -hmm. can, and then, and then that's like, I mean, dude, what, what are you in that? A hundred bucks, 150 bucks, a lot cheaper than the first of, uh, Yeah, You get 20 hours of amazingly put together content. That's very yeah, relevant from whereas university systems are usually five years off, 10 years off. Right. Right. Well, and, and a lot of those Udemy courses are professionals. Like yeah. they're not just oh, some, yeah. they're not like me going on and teaching about law. They're like right. l- lawyers that are like, like best law- of the best <laughs> teaching you their top practices. Yeah. Udemy does you a can good do job it on demand. Yeah. Udemy does a good job of scrubbing those, those teachers. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. dude, that's how I, that's how I clapped out a few of my classes in college. <laughs> well, Tested out of them. I mean, to even go, to, to even go, you know, a step further. Yeah. We, so I, I have a virtual assistant who yeah. four bucks an hour speaks amazing English from the Philippines. Love her. We invest in her to go take Udemy courses so she can learn things like Facebook ads. Uh, we've had her yeah, learn graphic dude. design, video yeah. editing. For $20, she now becomes very proficient at that and is able to continue her education. And like, it's just yeah. a win-win. Dude, that's how, that's exactly what happened. Like when I started the podcast, I was like, I don't know how to edit videos or do any of that. Go buy a Udemy course, man. Find the program mm-hmm. you want to use and there's a course on it, dude. Um, mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, it's, but the, but, but you're right. Go job shadow people, go, go buy little online courses. Cause yeah, like we said, there's some spending ones on Udemy. Most of the time you can get them for, for almost nothing if you right. do it right. But I like that. I like that, man. So what, so you're what, so venture, um, Venture validator. Venture validators right now. You proof business ideas. Yeah. So if you have a business Mm -hmm. idea, one of the biggest risks that you're going to face is do people actually want what you're selling? For sure. So they they call it product market fit or do you have the right product features that you are targeting the right customer segment Mm -hmm. at the right price? And this is something that... That's a big deal for people. Yeah. Like huge deal. In fact, 42% of startups fail because of no market need. Like let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 42% Forty-two percent failed because nobody wants the thing oh, that you just man. made. Yeah, like, that's insane. That well, and and uh, and that's why I always tell. That's why I said it earlier, man. There's something sacred about getting punched in the mouth because that is that's yeah, like but, a big punch. But, but we don't need to spend forty thousand dollars. That's to true. Get you don't in need mouth. to spend. So that's no, my whole just thing. Need is to, like, yeah, you need to go to venture validator. Like, <laughs> right. Why? Why not test the business idea when it's in its infancy before you're attached to it, so yeah, that you can find yeah. out. Oh wow! I was going to build this whole feature set for this target market, but after testing it, I found out that it's actually this other target market, which means I need to change my feature set. And I found out that it's actually not going to be as profitable as I thought it was. So right, I'm going to go the, ahead and yeah. call it quits on that one and start a different one. 
So, so what we do is we, we help people find their target customer through online surveys, and we'll find out what their level of product market fit is on a scale of one to 10. You have to get over 7.5. Again, the average entrepreneur only scores about a 6.8. It's too mediocre of an idea. And then we help them refine who their target customer is, what value propositions actually resonate yeah, with them, yeah. what customer objections they have, and then what price to set. And we, we even, I even have an online course that we're about to start, um, which for a couple hundred dollars, you can literally go learn all the processes that we use in our business and you can go do it yourself. Ah, hey, that's cool. Online, online video courses are, are booming, dude. But that's, yeah. that's how I, that's where I feel like education is going though. I feel like traditional in-class degrees aren't going to be a thing in five or 10 years. Cause it's just like, like I was even in this. So like I started online accounting when there was only one online accounting program in the nation and it was at Colorado no state way. university. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, but because I was like, because I have to, and they're like, well, this is mm-hmm. the reason where no one else offers it. And we do like no one else offers it because it's such a hard degree. Like you can't ask teacher, you you know, it's very rare that you, like if you had an assignment due on Friday and you were, and you were working on it on Thursday and you got stuck on a problem, like there was no shot of getting a teacher to message you mm-hmm. back. So I tell people I got a I got a bachelor's degree in problem solving because like YouTube was my friend, <laughs> Udemy was my friend, you know. Um but but when I but by the time I graduated two years later with my bachelor's, um there's 50 online accounting programs. Right. Well, I, I think you're right. Like, like the, the lecture in-person lecture based education system is archaic and it's, yeah, well, yeah, totally. it, it's so not needed. So what I do for my course that I teach at BYU, I actually have all the, the, I wouldn't even say they're lectures, but all the lessons are pre-recorded and they can take them on their own time. And yeah. they're spending about 15% of their time learning principles and then 85% actually applying it on personal projects. And then yeah. that one-on-one, we just do through Marco Polo, you know, the video sharing app, oh, like yeah. but for video, yeah, yeah, so Marco Polo, each of yeah. my students has a Marco Polo line with me. And anytime they're stuck, they don't have to wait for the weekend or wait till the next no class. Kidding. They hit me up and I'll usually be on live and I'll be able to hey. help them through some little problem. And now we have a one-on-one relationship. So I'm not wasting my time teaching something that has been taught for five years, same right. slideshow that's pre-recorded. Right. All of my time's fixed on getting them over their specific problem. Yeah, that's a way good idea. But like I said, the schools or colleges, schools are going to have, they're going to have to innovate. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm excited for like that whole industry, the, the e-learning. Yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear rumors that Apple's getting into well, uh, education. Well, they kind of, weren't they always kind of in it a little bit? They had that iTunes university. <laughs> For a little bit, oh, iTunes. I, you? I, I don't think I knew about that, but so, I just know that you know when when you're that big of a company, and you, you have to continue yeah. to grow. You got to you got to go to different verticals. Education's ripe. Yeah. Well, so I remember um, a long. I mean, you probably it's probably not even available anymore. I don't know, but I remember like in in 2010 or something like that, you could download the very first iPad came with iTunes U. And it was, it was something like, I mean, there was nothing on it. It was like some, maybe there was like a psychology class from a, from one of the top 10 or something like that, but it was very, but uh, I think they, I think they backed out of it and then they, and then, but sounds like from you, they're jumping back into it because, uh, but they should, they should totally do. Yeah. 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 I mean, it'll be really interesting. Like, like if I were to fix the education system yeah. and, and maybe I haven't thought this all the way throughout though, I would sure. say something more where all your generals are done online. If you're even doing generals, like, yeah, I don't think that's generals are stupid, bro. That's, that's but any, any type of, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> any type of, of general system should be done at a national level online, yeah. do it, yeah. you know, on your own time. And then as soon as you get that done, like you get done high school. Awesome. Then do like a, a one year, a two year in-person program where it's just the, like where you get the benefits of the networking effect because yeah. you can't get all the benefits of an online MBA That's true. Yeah. doing it online. Yeah. So. No, it's, no, it's real. Like I didn't, I didn't, uh, like my college was, my college degree was only worth the information that I, that I gained. Cause like, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have very many networking meetings. Um, so, but like I said, they were the first in the country. So I'm sure now that there's a, a lot of different ways that, that they do that. But, um, okay. but for sure, I, I think you're right, dude. I think personally they're going to like, 
I don't want to get too political, but I think they're <laughs> going to get some, they're going to get rid of some of the extra stuff, and we're just going to have trade schools, man. I, like you, that'd be awesome. Are you telling? That'd be so cool. Yeah, I know for a fact that you can learn everything you need to learn in accounting with a two, it, at a two year university. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, maybe so maybe the higher ones though like i understand like doctors might you might still have to do a program for that differently lawyers might have to be a little different but you know what i'd like to see so i actually this is this is a business idea i tested for someone oh, oh, probably two years ago yeah, yeah, they, yeah they were taking it one way and i saw the potential for another way um but i mean the execution on it's a little bit more difficult what, what right, i'd really like to see right. though is um a trade school weekend camp where so i mean trades are you make such good money being Dude, like a plumber yeah. and nobody wants to do that today like right right gosh like and why not so yeah they go for it i was just gonna so, say so, like and the and the innovation the disruption for that that is going to be a long time so I, I don't so yeah, i don't think get a robot to yeah. yeah to yeah to put in to build a house for you or something like that. It's going to be so really difficult. The problem is that so many people, they don't know like, Oh, do I want to be an electrician? Cause they've never done a job shadow. Do I want to be a plumber? I, I don't know. Yeah, do I want to be a welder? What if you had like, like a weekend thing where it was like an eight hour Saturday course, you pay maybe 50 bucks to go to it. And you have some expert welder come in, teach you the principles of welding. You actually yeah. get some hand-on experience welding. And then they even have some like application tests where it's like, you know, uh, a good welder should be able to do this in X amount of minutes and you can kind of see what your aptitude is. And then yeah, you have some, dude, the yeah. expert tell you like, here's what the industry looks like. Here's, you know, what the jobs yeah. are looking like. And here's kind of what the, you know, layout of that career looks like. And then over the course of a month, you could try four different trades and yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, I really like carpentry. I I think they should do more of that in high school, especially like mm-hmm. I'm from the Midwest mm-hmm. and they should, and and we never got that in the Midwest. And I lived in right. a fact, we lived in a factory town. Like we had steel workers, we had, uh, we had like um, manufacturing. We had, I mean, we had the, we had a, um, a factory that built train wheels and wow. and nobody ever told us about any of these things. So the only experience I had with these guys growing up was like with my grandpa who like, I love him, but like, I really didn't like working with him. So it just put a bad taste in my mm-hmm. mouth where, where if I would have, mm-hmm. if I might not have, if I might not have been a little, you know, a little stink growing up, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like I might've actually done some good in that. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, that's what high school should do. That's what, right. totally, that's what they should do. But that's great. Well, you, you know, in, in Europe, they, they often have to pick their track for what they're going to study in. Like, I think it's usually middle school is when they're oh, picking wow. what track they want to go. And their whole high school is actually oriented towards that which oh, is kind cool. of scary because it's like you know does a middle yeah, school do really want... know what they want to do yeah, like no way to... like yeah, no even way. you said like you know in high school like you probably didn't know what you wanted to do no way but like i i think that we're wasting a lot of time teaching people general education when you just give them skills and let them go yeah learn. yeah well i so much quicker see i like a lot of the financial coaches out there okay but I differ from them on one thing and no one ever asked me for financial advice, but this is all, but this is what I tell people. (laughs) I I offer it up like without anybody asking, but I always tell them, I'm like, your greatest wealth building tool are your skills. So the more that you can get, the more that you can fall back on, like, you know, if, if someone came up to you in your current job and they were like, because COVID taught us that no one's safe government, uh, mm-hmm. nine to five mm-hmm. W2 didn't matter. You were all, we're all screwed. And so if you had, if you have skills that you can fall back on, you'll always have a way to make money. So whether that's like, like I'm a sales guy. So if, if, and an accountant, which is a weird combo. So if I like, I got shoved out of the sales thing for some reason, I could go be an accountant. If I got shoved mm-hmm. out of accounting, I could go be sales. And then I could go do a couple other things. Like I have a network as well. Cause the more skills you build your network grows too. Two, mm-hmm. 
You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. So that's, I don't know. Like I said, yeah. no I think that all kind of ties in with, well, I think it all ties in with entrepreneurship because as an entrepreneur, you have to know a little bit about accounting, a little bit about marketing, <laughs> a little bit about law, a little bit about sales, product development, team management, hiring, all of that stuff. And yeah. I think that's kind of why a lot of, of people actually fall into it. It's because they've tried so many things and they're like, wow, like I, I don't have to go work for someone else and be a salesman or be a marketer. I can actually do this for myself. And they know enough that they can now lead a team of those experts. So, and it's not like yeah. you have to yeah. you know, specialize in, in, in everything. I, I think first go generalize, go learn a lot of different things, and then you'll find your passion and go become an expert at that thing because you really do need to become an expert at one yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what that is, you're right. Well, and I, and I agree with you. And the reason I don't like the passion question is because I think, and maybe you, maybe we can talk about this for the few minutes we have left, but, um, it's like, I feel like your passion can change. I don't, you tell me, what do you think? Okay. Certainly. Okay. Okay. Because like, that's, so that's why I'm like, like I ask people like, what lights a fire under you right now? Cause that might not be, you know, I get it. It might Mm -hmm. not have been five years ago. It might not be in in five years. So, uh, so, okay. Back to like the (laughs) non-business answer for me, what lights a fire under me is travel. I love oh, travel. Yeah. But COVID, like everything shut down. So it's like yeah, super, super try. difficult. Cause like, I want to go, like, I've had this dream to go to Thailand and work because everyone works abroad right now or everyone works online. So why not work abroad? So I've had this dream right, to go work dude. abroad in Thailand, um, still run my business, but like, it's not feasible right now. Yeah. 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 That'd be pretty tough right now, man. But, uh, okay. So I'm a, I'm a bibliophile. I love books, man. So I ask everybody, um, like what, what are the top, your top book recommendations? Like if in okay. business or, or li- like, right. cause right. I have, cause I got, my I top for you. Okay, go ahead. Let's go. All right. Let's so, see. uh, four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I resisted reading it for such a long time because it sounded so scammy that, you know, it did. Four hour yeah. work week. I like, I just, it, it goes against like the whole, it's like get rich quick. And that's not what the book's about, but no, like, no, 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 but it's it, a good, that's a really good. great book. Yeah. Um, the second one I would recommend is never split the difference. Uh, oh, that's one. Yes, dude. Negotiating. Yes. I took his Which, masterclass. By oh, the way. How, how is it? Dude, it was, a, it was phenomenal. I, cha- I changed the entire way I negotiate now. Oh, it's fantastic. So my, I haven't taken the masterclass. I've, I've read the book. My one complaint is I feel like there's not enough uh, application in the business world um, that people really get to learn the principles by trying it. Yeah, now I had a, yeah. I actually had a teacher who he lives by that book and yeah. he gave us assignments to go apply it. And that's where you learn so many more things is really cool. Actually, I yeah, got this yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. So his, so his, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of courses and, 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 um, you know, online education being like the best, I actually got this course. It was a $900 course, but I used tactics from that book and got it for their lowest price. I've ever sold it $135. (laughs) Like, dude, it's, it's insane, bro. It does. And I took, well, and, and when you go to the black swan group, that's his group and you, and you buy the masterclass, their masterclass, they actually do a lot of good business stuff. Like he's got to sell the book as like the FBI investigator and the, you know, and the haggler and stuff like that. Um, we, and, but, but you still learn a ton, but when you take like the, his black swan group masterclass, he goes into like high level negotiation stuff. It's actually really cool. Yeah. I'll have to look into oh. that. Like, I, I think that like giving some people some homework, like go, like what our teacher did is like, Hey, you have to, for the next uh, month, every single transaction that happens, you have to ask for a discount. Yeah. Every Dude. single transaction, that, so you have to write like, it down. And yeah, so you which ask, is like, hey, can I have the Eric discount? You know, what's that? Or, yeah, you know, that's right. Like, How am I supposed to do that? <laughs> How am I supposed to do that? Dude, I, so I started in car sales. I, all that stuff. So like quite frequently. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sorry. I think there was a little glitch maybe in the Zoom, but, uh, but dude, that's a great way to learn, bro. But I was in uh, auto sales and he writes a little blurb in that on, on like him negotiating for that Tacoma. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember reversing that and using it to my, and I'd be like, dude, that to this oh, yeah. day, it's my favorite question. Like when someone asks for like a crazy <laughs> discount or a crazy price, I just go, eh, uh-huh. I totally get it, man. How I just, I just need to know how I'm supposed to do that. And then right. just floor, I was floor the problem in their lap. And they're like, uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. And then, and then I love it. Yep. Cause I go, I, me either, man. So it sounds like we got to figure yep. something out. <laughs> something else. The, out the other one that. I like is uh, I love the line. Uh, have you given up on this? So, you know, when somebody hasn't responded uh, to you in an email for a while, just put that as the title. Cause people don't like giving up. And I actually I had, uh, 
I had a, a, a serial entrepreneur who I was trying to get a hold of, and he he had some early communication with me, but then he kind of dropped off for like two months. Yeah. He wasn't responding, <laughs> so I just wrote. Have you given up on this? He responded to me like 9.36 at night, like two <laughs> minutes after I said the thing, because people don't like it enough. <laughs> I did. So I was trying to get a, a big podcast guest and I'm still working on him, but I got the most engagement out of him after I asked, mm -hmm. I, I was like, hey, so would it be crazy if we just set a date uh, for this podcast episode next month and just get it done? You know, because like everybody wants mm -hmm. to say no, like that no is your favorite yep. word. So give him a reason yep. to say no. <laughs> and he was like, yep, no, of exactly. course not. <laughs> So I was like, Sweet. that's awesome. Cool. What's that's your third awesome. book, man? What's the third one? Third book. Definitely. It's going to be hands down atomic habits. Okay. I haven't read that one yet. Oh, dude, you All need right, to read that book. There, there it is. Right so the, the whole premise of the book is that people hate routine because they feel like it's restricting them. But really routine is about automating the mundane in your life so that you can use all of your decision-making power on making decisions that will actually amount to something in your day. So like wow. <laughs> your morning routine has to be like completely on lock and it teaches you how to actually do that. Not that like, yes, you should do it, but yeah, here's specific yeah, yeah. things about controlling your environment so that it's easy to have good habits. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. Cause if you can have good habits and, um, really like that's what made the biggest difference for me is I had really good habits for when I was waking up my morning routine that allowed for time to have education where I'd always be learning something new and then applying it. And if you do that for a couple of years, like there's no ceiling. For sure. Yeah, man. Well, dude, that's such great book recommendations. Um, great conversation, man. I really appreciate you have, being able to take the time and talk to us and, and take the time out of your schedule, dude. So I appreciate it. So uh, plug your business real quick. So where do people, if, if people listen to this and they want to find you, where do they go? Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on. If you want to learn more uh, or even take, take my course, go ahead and go to venturevalidator.com and um, all the information's there. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Talk to you later. Yep.